I just try to, you know, remind myself, you've done other scary things. You can do this. And at the end of the day, I said, you know what? If this doesn't work, if this crashes and fails, is it going to hurt that I've lost some money? <laughs> I mean, yeah. But but will life move on? Will I be able to earn more money? Well, can I go back into finance and, and do that again? I can't. Now, it wouldn't be the ideal situation. I'm sure I'd probably have some nights of crying over it, but but life would move on. And I just had to prepare myself and say, worst case scenario, will you be okay? Will you be able to live with losing some money? And and for me, that answer was yes. Change careers, break into new industries, transition into new roles. Reinvent yourself and make the dent you want. This is the Second Breaks Podcast. And now, here's your host and fellow Second Breaker, Lou Blazer. Hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me. This is episode 34 of the Second Breaks Podcast. And it is Monday, a cold Monday morning here in Florida, January 15th, 2018, as I record this episode. My guest today is Ashley Kennedy. She is, uh, today she is a store proprietor, but in this conversation, we're going to talk about her career transition from a career in banking and finance to opening and running her own home and gift boutique store in Amelia Island, Florida. I loved uh, our conversation because we really got into how she prepared for the transition, but also, you know, Ashley was so candid and so open in sharing the fears and self-doubts that she had to address to maneuver this transition. And I think that you will find our conversation quite motivating, inspiring. And I think a lot of the things that we talked about would resonate as well. So, um, but before I introduce you to her, I just wanted to bring up a little piece of news that came out last week. It was from Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg announced on a Thursday afternoon last week that they were going to change the news feed algorithm. Essentially, they were going to, or they're going to prioritize updates from friends, family, and personal connections, and deprioritize updates from brands and publishers and such. Now, you know, as a Facebook user, you know, who cares, right? This doesn't really impact. I mean, you may have had some initial you know, reaction to the news, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's not a big deal, right? But if you were a business or if you're a publisher, if you're a brand, uh, this news has, you know, some significance to you because uh, this change effectively affects the way that you are able to reach your audience, your target audience, your the people that you're trying to reach, the people that you're trying to serve, your customers, your people, that kind of stuff, right? So I bring this up not not because of Facebook necessarily or because I wanted to discuss the change itself. Rather, you know, I bring this up as an example of how quickly things can change or something that we thought was stable that we could rely upon um, could change just like that. And we have to be nimble and flexible to adjust. Even better, if we've been able to sort of anticipate such change, um, then and, and hedge our bets uh, to some degree, then we won't be as negatively impacted when something like that shifts, right? 
Now, companies have always had to do this. Companies have always had to keep an eye out on the uh, market developments and uh, so that they can adjust timely or stay relevant, unlike Blockbuster years ago. Uh, but, um, you know, what I'm observing is that the changes that companies are having to respond to are coming faster and faster and more often. And what I'm observing is that companies are also having to change their strategies uh, more often than before. Now, I bring this up because all these changes that are happening in, in, in these businesses and the marketplaces if inevitably affects us individually, right? Because we work for these companies. We are either employees or we are contractors um, for these companies. We work in the marketplace. And so, you know, all the upheavals and changes that are going on in the marketplace right now affects us at the end of the day. So just as businesses need to be flexible and nimble and change adapt, we too have to be flexible, nimble and change adapt. And um, more than ever, we need to be aware of what's going on around us. You know, so many times we get so focused on the work that we're doing, right? And so, or, you know, the company that, that we work for, that we forget that, you know, there's a world outside that our company, the company that we work for, will have to respond to or react to. And the way that they that the company will react to or respond to those changes, whether they're positive or negative, will affect us as employees, as contractors for these companies. So the need to be change adept for us as individuals is even more important. So of course, the question is, how do we become change adept, right? How do we become nimble and flexible on our feet? So I have three suggestions for you to consider. First, I think we have to, we have to, have to, have to stop thinking that uh, if we simply quote unquote work hard and focus on our work, that all will be fine. That's so not the case anymore. Working hard is no longer enough. And I don't mean work harder. I mean, we have to be smarter about how we work and what we pay attention to, which leads me to my second suggestion that we need to be, uh, we need to stay abreast of what's going on around us in our industry, uh, not just simply, you know, of course, paying attention to what's going on inside our company is important, right? Beyond, beyond our job specifically, but what's going on in our company is, is a given. But beyond the walls of our company, paying attention to what's going on in the industry, paying attention to what's going on in the marketplace has also become critical for us because, like I said before, all these forces affect the company that we're working for. So we need to pay attention to what's going on out there. On the positive side, paying attention to what's going on out there also increases our ability to see what's may be possible for us, new opportunities that may have become available to us that maybe, you know, two years ago, three years ago was not a possibility, right? So getting curious about what's going on out there or or what's now possible is a key step that you can do to keep nimble, to stay on your feet. And then my third suggestion is to have a plan, have your own plan. Now, you know, Here's what I've always said. Um, I think we all have a plan, even if it's not something that we've consciously said or 
articulated or something that we drafted ourselves, we have a default plan. And when we have a default plan, when it's not something that we came up with by ourselves, effectively, the plan that we're using is the plan of the company that we work for, right? So we're basically depending on uh, the company, our current employer to keep us going, to point us to our next step, to show us the way forward effectively, right? That might have been fine maybe, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago when things were a lot more stable, right? Uh, but uh, that's not the case anymore. So we can't rely on the company's plan because the company's plan can shift at any time, right? So the way to address that is to have our own plan. So I've always said that these days you have to have your own career pivot plan. It doesn't matter if you're planning to make a career pivot consciously next month or this year. It's important that you have your own plan, uh, something that's not directly tied or dependent on your current employer or current company or current industry, right? Something that you can take with you wherever you land. You know, and I've also said that, you know, navigating a career pivot, executing a career pivot is now a must have skill. We have to figure out a way how to pivot, how to change direction, how to uh, apply what we know in a different field, in a different area uh, at any time. And I know that falls in the easier said than done category. So here's a plug. <laughs> I think this is as good a time as any to mention this. If you go to secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 34, which happens to also be where you'll find the show notes uh, for today's show, you'll be able to sign up for the Pivot Essentials. The Pivot Essentials is a guide. It's a free guide that helps you make your career pivot plan. And it talks about the, the four fundamental principles that you need to keep in mind. Uh, this is not about putting together a resume or, you know, updating your profile, LinkedIn profile, those are all tactics. Uh, what the Pivot Essentials will help you do is form your basic foundational strategies. Basically, it's the principles that you want to uh, base your plan on. So again, you can sign up for that uh, if you go to secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 34. Okie dokie. I think you get my point here. Things are changing. You have to look up, you know, uh, Pay attention to what's going on beyond the four walls of your company and have your own plan, right? Okie dokes. Let's, uh, let's get on with the show. My guest today is Ashley Kennedy. Today, Ashley owns a home and gift boutique store in Amelia Island, Florida. But before opening its doors in July 2017, Ashley worked in banking and finance. She left her position at Merrill Lynch in New York City to return home to Amelia Island with a plan to continue working in the finance world, which is what she did. But she soon realized it's not what she wanted to do going forward anymore. And the hard task of answering that question, so what do I do now, began. Although there was a seed of an idea when she left New York, being a proprietor wasn't exactly in her short-term plan. It was something that she kind of thought maybe she can do down the line, maybe in five years or so. And yet it was exactly what she ended up doing sooner than she had expected. In this episode, Ashley talks about the circumstances that led to the decision to open Hudson & Perry, how she prepared, where she focused on first, 
and how she managed the fears and self-doubts that inevitably come with such a big decision. Here's my chat with Ashley, and I'll catch up with you at the back end. Hello, Ashley. Welcome to Second Breaks. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. You're actually the first guest that I have on the show who has a physical store. I was <laughs> opened a physical store, so I am so excited to um, explore this with you. So maybe what we can do is start with your backstory a little bit. Tell us what you were doing before you became the store owner of Hudson and Perry. Sure. Okay. Well, complete departure here from what I used to do. I um I have a finance background and I actually right now I'm located on um on Amelia Island, Florida, which is just north of Jacksonville, but I was living in New York City working for Merrill Lynch. I was a vice president there in banking and finance. So, complete 180 from that. New York City, Amelia Island, already that's a big change. That's a big change in and of itself. Correct. So, and then adding the career change to it. So it's been a year of big, big changes in my life. Definitely. So, uh, so did you say that it was uh, a year ago that this happened, this change happened? Well, it actually, the store just opened in July. July um, of this year. This year. Okay, yeah. So I'm only okay. four and a half months in. Um, but the whole evolution of this has been since probably July of last year of 2016. So we're, we're a little over a year since I started uh, the business plan and really like looking for real estate and going to market and kind of, decide, you know, forming what is now Hudson and Perry. But doors have only been open four months. And the idea probably started actually when I was still living in New York City, kind of the first little seed of that. I uh, knew I was going to be coming back to Amelia Island. I'm more or less from here. I'm a military child, so I moved around a good bit. Um, but this is what I call home. And so when I made the decision to move back here to Florida, I knew I wanted to, well, I shouldn't say I knew, but I had the idea at that time that I would like to bring a little part of New York back with me. Um, so that kind of was the first little seed of doing something but it wasn't completely like, oh, I knew I wanted to open a store. I was going to move back and I was going to open this little home and gift boutique. That kind of evolved after I got back here. So the moving back to Florida was the primary sort of correct, purpose, not the yes. opening the store. You got it. Correct. Okay. You said so you were working with Merrill Lynch in New York City. Um, and so I imagine you've been in finance in that world for a long time or that was primarily your career? Yes, yes. Where did this um, idea of becoming a proprietor, becoming a store owner come from? When I decided I was going to move back to Florida, I started thinking about some things just in general that I was going to miss from New York. Uh, <laughs> Island is very small. There's not a lot here. And so just some of, be it, restaurants, stores, but you know, what, what I had in my life in New York, you know, things that I was going to miss. And, and I was thinking about things that maybe I could bring back here. Um, but like I said, it was just a seed. I kind of thought, you know, maybe, you know, one day down the road, um, I actually thought I'd come back and work in finance some more. 
Um, and I did. I actually came back and I worked for J.P. Morgan down here. And it was a year of uh, commuting over an hour to J.P. Morgan that I decided that I really just didn't like finance and I hated my job down here. I hated getting up in the morning. I hated Sundays because I was already thinking about Monday. I didn't like, I didn't like the, I, I, I hated everything about my job, <laughs> like everything. So then it be kind of came, well, what am I going to do next? Am I going to look at another firm? Look, um, maybe something like I had in New York because I didn't hate my job in New York and I just couldn't get behind another finance job. I don't know why. I just decided that, do I really want to do this forever? And then it became, what do you want to do forever? Which is a tough question. Yes. And so <laughs> I had thought going back to when I moved New York, moved from New York, I said, you know, one thing that wasn't here in, in my little hometown was, you know, a cute little gift shop like in the West Village of New York, where I could go and buy a little gift for somebody and a funny card. And and I know that sounds silly, like a card, but it really was. It started thinking about cards. I've always bought cute little cards for my friends and my boyfriend. And I couldn't find just like a cute little card. And I was like, this should be something simple. This would be very simple in New York to go do. And so I kind of just grew from there. Um, this is a very much a tourist town. And so a lot of the shops here are very kitschy, uh, tourist, tchotchke kind of stuff. You can easily find a shark's tooth um, if you want to buy a shark's tooth for a gift or very expensive high-end resort wear. And so none of those was what I was looking for whenever I was going to go shopping. So I, th I thought there was a need on the island for something, you know, cute, um, something that tailors to locals as well as tourists, because everything here is so tourist centric. So then that just kind of that started it. That got the ball rolling. And then it was real estate. And then. One day I just had enough of work and I had done my homework on, you know, I built a business plan. I, I crunched the, the numbers I had. That was the easy part for me because of my finance background. I mean, I did the numbers over and over and this way and that way. And what if I only made $50 a day and, and the numbers I had. So um, once I had the numbers in place, it was really kind of real estate was the next big thing. And I was walking downtown one morning with coffee, my boyfriend and I, we randomly went on a side street we never go on. And there was a little vacant spot. And I kind of peered in the windows and I said, that might work. And I, and then I caught, we called, we actually called the realtor and just preliminary questions, kind of just, um, you know, what was the pricing? What were the terms? And and it fit my numbers. And so that's kind of, I, I guess, from there, I actually didn't even end up getting that spot, funny enough. But that realtor knew of a better location that was going to be coming available in May. I don't know if this is the case, but I would imagine that the moment you spoke to a realtor, for example, is that it's real, right? Even though you didn't right. actually get that first spot, but just the fact that you're talking to a realtor now about a space. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, once I spoke with her, it was really kind of like, 
I don't know. I guess I'm doing this. Like we're doing this. Like we're talking to realtors now. This isn't just paper in a binder with numbers on it. This is going to happen. And she, when she said um, that she knew of another space now where I live in, in Amelia Island, there's a downtown historic district. So, you know, think cobblestone street, very old, not as old as New York buildings, but <laughs> very old, a lot of history. I mean, you get the horse and carriages around here too. So I knew in my mind if I was going to do this store that I really wanted to be on. It's called Center Street. It's the main, it's the Center Street of downtown area. Because I knew if if I didn't succeed at this, I didn't want it to be because I had a bad location. I wanted it to be because maybe I don't have an eye for product or I don't know how to run a business, but I didn't want it to be location. So, and it's very hard to find a spot on Center Street. They don't become available. So when she told me that this spot was coming available in May... You know, it sounds hokey and everybody says it, but I took it as a sign. I mean, I did. <laughs> I, you know, you people say, oh, you get all these signs. I don't ever get signs. But I mean, really, I kind of did take that as a sign. Exactly. Because the, the chances of, like, to your point, it's very hard to get a good spot in the main, in the main drag, main, you know, main road, right? So it is a sign. Uh, but it's uh, one of the things that sort of caught my attention early on in your story is that because of your background in finance, is that you work the numbers because so many times I talk to folks who are looking to want to do something different. They don't deal with the numbers right away. It's like they deal with the, the, the idea. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. The creating the stuff, the building the yeah. stuff. And then you ask them, so how is it actually going to work dollars-wise or numbers-wise? They're like, right. oh, not really sure. But because of your background, that was actually yeah. a huge advantage on your in your case. It is. But I'll tell you, uh, you can you can still do all the numbers and you can you can get the perfect spot or you think is the perfect spot. And it's still not going to take, take away the mass amount of fear that you're going to have the day you decide this is it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to quit my job and open a store. You can be prepared. You can be so prepared and still just panic, just sheer panic. So when you when you spoke to the realtor and she said, well, I know a, a better spot for you from that point to when the store actually opened, did you say a, a year? It took about a year. The business plan and the numbers and all that was about a year was a year in the making. Just putting all the numbers together, doing my research. I actually went to a home and gift market and spoke with wholesalers to get the data that I needed because I needed to know. I had no idea what wholesale prices were. I only go into stores and buy retail. So I didn't know, you know, can I make a profit? So just the 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 research was probably a year in the making. Now, granted, it might not take you that long. I mean, you know, I had life going on as well, just regular life and my regular job. So it's not like I dropped everything to do research. So, you know, that may be, you know, faster for some people. But from the time I, t I spoke to the realtor in January of this year, and I signed my lease in May. Open doors in July. Got it. So when you were when you were doing your research, you were doing the number crunching, and you were talking with um, your the the wholesalers. Uh, like, did you set a date in mind? Did you say, uh, okay, I'm doing this, and my plan is in about a year's time, I would have quit? What, did you have that kind of a 
plan in mind? Yeah, I had soft kind of boundaries on it. But again, when when you're scared too, it's very easy to talk yourself out of stuff. So I probably talked myself out of this no less than a hundred times, even during all that research. I mean, it's it's very easy to come up with excuses of why you shouldn't do things. I mean, it's so easy, especially when it comes down to finances. I mean, it's to give up a job that's paying you very good money to not have a job for some time to know you're going to struggle with a new business and when you're going to get paid. And if you're going to get paid, that's, that's very paralyzing. I mean, there are, I, t- so many times I just decided, nope, nope, that was stupid. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. Or, you know, again, it was five years. Maybe in five years we'll do this. I need to save more. I need to save more. I need to save more. You, there's never a perfect time to do it. I mean, they're really, I mean, you can get as close to that as possible. Like the spot showed up. And again, still, even when the spot showed up, there was a little window where I was still talking myself out of this. So so no, I mean, I could say yes and no. <laughs> like I had these boundaries, but they weren't like set in stone because I was scared. I would, you know, I just kept thinking, I don't know. I, you know, it didn't come down. It came down to this spot at, at knowing other people were going to want this spot. And then it, it happened to be at a time where I ha- was having a boss change too. The new boss came in and I had been thinking about leaving that job and she sat down with me and was like, you know, what are your goals here? Just trying to get to know me. And I couldn't lie to her. I couldn't say to her, my goals for 2017 are to grow this business. I, I couldn't do it because I knew even if I wasn't going to open a store, I was going to leave the company. And so it just came out. It just all came out that I wasn't happy there and that I I wasn't planning on staying there. So it all kind of just, I guess, came to a crossroads at once. I found the spot. I got this new boss. Um, I told her that I wasn't going to stay with the company. And she kind of was like, well, it's not good to have somebody in in a company that doesn't want to be there because there's the employers worry that you're going to um, be toxic for the other employees. So I wasn't fired or anything, but we came to a mutual agreement that it was probably better that I left sooner rather than later. And so uh, within within two weeks of that conversation, I, I left and, and then it was full steam ahead with the store. So that's amazing how that thing happens, right? It's like talk about perfectly aligning stars or whatever, right? Right, right. And you can say, and, and, and in hindsight, it's easy also to say that, but for somebody who is thinking about switching a job and, and maybe they'll hear their story and they're like this story and think, oh, she got this position and then that worked out with the job. You know, looking back, it's easy to say that. But during that time, it was it was scary. And, and I was, you know, basically quitting a job sooner than I was ready to because I wanted everything to line up. I was thinking, oh, I'll work in this job close till I open doors because I didn't want to be without a paycheck. And you start thinking about health insurance. And so in my perfect world at the time, what I thought would be perfect would, no, we'll work. And on the weekends, I'll put the store together and then I'll basically quit right before I open doors. That would have been the perfect scenario. And that didn't happen. I mean, I did. I left the end of February and I didn't open till July. And, so, you know, 
it just goes to show, though, if if somebody is really scared about taking these big leaps, you know, it's not going to perfectly align the way that you want it to and the way you think it should. I mean, it may for some people. It didn't for me. But in the end, when you look back, you'll be like, no, that did that did work out. OK. And it, and it and it does look like it was a perfect timing. So but, you know, when you're in it, there is no perfect. There isn't. There just is. And and the kind of stuff that you were doing, you never imagined that you were going to do this part time, right? Because I know a lot of the, like a lot of the things that other people might want to do could be done as a side hustle nights and weekends yeah. kind of stuff. <laughs> but you're you're opening a store, so you can't really do it nights and weekends, right? Correct. No, I knew I was going to go all in with this. I knew. Yeah. No, I'm here all day, every day. I did 74 days straight. I'm open seven days a week. So I did 74 days straight from the day I opened doors until I finally got a first employee to help me out on the weekends. And so, yeah, nope, all in. (laughs) Hey, my friend, I just want to ask you a favor. My mission for Second Break's podcast is to highlight all the ways that we can make a career move in today's world so we can thrive in our work and reach our highest potential. And I need your help with this mission. You can do two small things. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. And if you have enjoyed the show and the podcast, I would so much appreciate it if you'd take a brief moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes. Simply go to secondbreaks.com forward slash review, and that link will take you directly to iTunes. By subscribing to the show and leaving me a review, you will help me tremendously in reaching more career professionals who can benefit the most from this podcast. Thank you so much. So you you talked about you know the the fears and the doubts that you know second guessing ourselves when we're trying to make that kind of big decision, right? So what do you think sort of helped you the most when you were being confronted with those kinds of you know second guessing and do I really want to do this and what kind of helped you the most? Well, a lot of deep breaths. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, really, it's like we spoke earlier. I mean, you have to just plan. And, and and you just have to be prepared to know that you're just going to be scared no matter all the planning you do. And you just have to a lot of self talks with yourself <laughs> and just like you've done these numbers, you've looked at this, you can do this. I mean, really, just over and over again, just I mean, telling myself you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. I For me, being from Amelia Island, it was a huge risk when I moved to New York. You know, it's different, but it was a huge risk. I up and, and went to New York and and everybody from around here is born and raised and they stay here and they don't get up and, and move to New York. And I didn't know. I didn't know. I think I had like one friend sort of kind of when I moved to New York. And so I just try to, you know, remind myself, you've done other scary things. You can do this. And and at the end of the day, I, I said, you know what, if this doesn't work, if this crashes and fails, Yes. Is it going to hurt that I've lost some money? I mean, yeah, but but will life move on? Will I be able to earn more money? Well, can I go back into finance and, and do that again? I can't. Now, it wouldn't be the ideal situation. I'm sure I'd probably have some nights of crying over it, but but life would move on. And I just had to prepare myself um, and, and say, worst case scenario, will you be OK? Worst case scenario, will you be able to live with losing some money? And and for me, that answer was yes. I would be able to live with losing some money. I would be able to live with going back into finance if I had to. Yeah. And so 
I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because so many times when uh, when people are making that kind of big decision, and it's this massive dark cloud of if you fail. Right. And to your point, okay, let's let's bring perspective, right? So if you right. fail, yes, it'll hurt. Yes, you will lose money, but it's not. You're not gonna end up living in a van down the river with you <laughs> exactly. know what I mean, and you're not gonna die. Exactly. You know, and you're gonna recover. And it's not like you lost your skills or your talents. You can go back. Right. You have. You still are marketable, right? Right. Thank you so much for sharing that. And so, tell us a little bit. Are you open seven days a week? What is this store life? Well, just back here, I'm actually sitting at the cash counter right now. So this behind me is what you would see if you were checking out. Um, it's, I took all these old book pages and made a big wall mural of old vintage book plates. So the store is a very small home and gift boutique. It's much smaller than I had envisioned, but again, it was the only real estate that was available. So it's really, really little, <laughs> but it's a good starting spot. You know, we hope to, I hope to grow it. Um, it's, I would liken the style much to, um, anthropology, mind all the clothing. So just the home and goods side, but on a much smaller scale. So, and we are open seven days a week right now. I'm working on a website, um, hudsonandperry.com, but we're, we're not quite ready to launch that yet. We, I own the name to it. I have it. I'm working on it, but right now we're just, um, just brick and mortar. We're not online yet. Gotcha. And so are you, you said open seven days a week. So like what noon to six? So during the week right now, we're, and again, I'm still, this is new to me, so I'm still figuring out all this stuff as I go. But for right now, our hours, Monday through Friday, are 1030 to 530. Saturdays, we open a little bit earlier because we're close to a farmer's market that opens early. And a lot of people go to the farmer's market and then come down. So we're open from 10 to 630 on Saturday and 12 to 4 on Sunday. We might adjust those. I, I haven't done winters yet. Everybody knows January and February is a slow time anywhere. So I'm still learning all those things. I don't know what my traffic is. But for right now, those are the hours. That's another thing, actually, that I wanted to just highlight a little bit because just the fact that you're saying you're learning through it, right? So because we can't, it doesn't matter how prepared or research you do. There are just certain things you won't know until you're actually doing it. And so you don't have to know every single thing. No, you learn. You learn as you go. And just like in any job, I mean, I, you know, I, I have a finance background, but a lot of people think finance and accounting are they're kind of the same thing. They're not. I don't have an accounting background. I mean, I'm good with numbers. Numbers make sense to me. Um, you know, very high level, I know accounting, but just even working on QuickBooks lately, like I didn't work in QuickBooks in my job before. That's been challenging. Just all kinds of stuff. People constantly want to sell you your sell you their things. You people always want you to donate to stuff, learning like what I can financially do, knowing how to say no to people. I have a problem with saying no in general. So like, you know, all kinds of what people buy and price points and figuring out. I mean, every day um, I'm tweaking something or adjusting something. Again, I'm only four months in, so I'm still, this is still uh, an infant, if you will. But that's okay. That's okay. We're only going to get better product is already in four months, I think gotten better. You know, people told me, 
you'll pick stuff and you'll think it's great and it won't sell and you'll get stuff in that you're like, Oh, I don't really like that. And it'll fly off the shelves. And that couldn't be more true. I mean, there really are things in here I thought would fly that I have not sold and things in here I got in and thought nobody would buy it. And it. so that's, that's challenging, but it's good. It's good. I mean, not every day is great, but you know, you got to have thick skin when you're a one woman shop like this. And you know, you've picked everything in here. You hear people make comments about things or people come in the store and they leave and you don't, they don't buy anything. And you, you know, on those days you think I can't do this. I don't have taste. Everything I pick is terrible. It's, you know, you, it's, you do have to have thick skin and you do just constantly just have to be in your head and remind yourself you can do this. You can do this and, and you can't please everybody and not everybody's going to like every single thing in here and a lot of self-talk. A lot. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that, Ashley, because that is a common thing. It doesn't matter what you're doing, whether you're writing your first book, whatever it is that you're endeavoring to do, what you just said applies, right? Nobody right. likes what I'm doing doing or nobody's going to want to buy this or why didn't they like that? I thought that was good, right? And so all right. those all those things and even the thing that you said about learning how to say no, which is I think it's a big sort of um skill right. that uh we don't think about that uh, actually comes in, you know, it becomes fairly important because just focusing on what do I need to do and I can't be I can't please everybody and I can't be everywhere and I can't do everything right so right. you were talking for example about the website and so a lot of people would say well no you got to do your website but like no that's not the most important thing right now right, for me right. To do. exactly because we get so many tourists here and I had been open my first month and a lot of them wanted to know oh can I just order this online can I just order this online because they're traveling and they don't and you know, several times. No, I don't have a website. And and people were like, you don't have a website. Like they thought it was so weird that I didn't have a website. And I was like, one step at a time. It's just me. I can't, I can't do it all at once. And so that was in my business plan to do a website, but it wasn't in the first six months. So now I actually am ahead of that because we're only four months in and I am building a website, but, um, one step at a time, just, you can only do so much. Brilliant. Uh, two last questions. And I know you don't have a website, but I think you're on Facebook, aren't you? Yeah, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I post some product and I do ship. So I do have the capability of shipping. Uh, mm -hmm. But you would have to call the store to do um, the transaction over the phone. Um, but I am on Facebook and Instagram, Hudson and Perry, the and is spelled out. And it, the legal name is with the ampersand, but in online world, you they, you can't use the ampersand. So it's all spelled out. Um, and I do ship if anybody does see anything they like. I don't post that much, though. I'll be honest, I should be better with that. Marketing is another thing I got to learn. I'm not as good with marketing as I thought I would be. Great. Well, I'll put I'll definitely put a link to the Instagram and to the Facebook page on on the show notes. And I'll even put the link to I imagine if I went to Hudson and Perry.com, it'll say coming soon or something yes, like that. It right? will. So it'll say coming you know. soon. Yep. So I'll put a it's link there, there because eventually it'll be up and some people will be able to see this. So that would be perfect. And so one last question, Ashley, I, and I love the fact that you have all these vintage book quotes behind you. I was wondering, do you have a recent book that you've read, fiction or nonfiction, whichever, that you could recommend? Well, I do read a lot, actually. Um, I, I, I lean toward... Um, nonfiction. Um, and I do a lot of, or, um, fiction, but that's based on history. But I will say I did read recently, which is a little out, a little departure from my 
normal genre. I read um, a book and I'm probably going to murder the name of it, but it was, um, it's a man named Uva. That's the name of the book. And it's, it's about this old, old man that's kind of had trials and tribulations in his life, but you don't know about those in the beginning and just um, kind of what he went through to become kind of this, I wouldn't say kind of this grumpy old man, if you will. And I don't know, I just, in the end, you know, I have a sign that hangs in my store and it says, you will never regret being kind. And I just think it's such a true statement. I mean, I really do. Um, I've always been of the mind, um, you know, it's people say it all the time. You catch more bees with honey that I've always tried to be, to be nice to people, even when they're yelling at me. And, And even here in retail, people yell at you, believe me. So, and this book just, it reminds me of that statement that I have in here. And it's, it's just to, you don't know everybody's story and what made them the way they are. And, and just, just the power of being kind to people. It really, it's a sweet little book. And it's, it, you know, like I said, it's a little departure from what I normally read, but I, I think it's a really good heartwarming book. And especially, you know, these days with everything kind of going on in the news, I don't know. It was, it's a good uplifting book and it, it's an easy, sweet read. It sounds interesting. I'll definitely pick that up myself. So, and I'll let you know. So actually this has been fantastic. Thank you so much. Your story is so inspiring. It's so motivating. (laughs) I know someone's going to listen to this and it's going to go, Oh, it's time for me to make a move. Um, I hope so. I hope so. So thank you so much and good luck with the shop. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lou. That's a wrap for today's episode, my friend. You can find the show notes plus links to other relevant resources at secondbreaks.com forward slash episode three, four. And don't forget to sign up for the Pivot Essentials while you're there. We've got a pretty good backlist of episodes now. You can download past episodes in Apple Podcasts or Google Play or even better subscribe to the podcast so you won't ever have to miss any of the future ones. I'll be back next week with a new guest to inspire you and get your ideas flowing, motivate you to start planning or at least to start thinking about your career move. Till then, keep on making your debt, my friend. Cool beans. This is the Second Breaks Podcast. 